This is Brett. And this is Sean. And, and this, this is, is bonus, bonus BS. And I, we can't do that right at all. We should fucking just put that in the show right there. All right, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Bonus BS, a supplemental show to Gaming and BS podcast, where we cover interviews and other such topics not found in our weekly episodes. Enjoy. He's a proud IT project manager by day. He's been gaming for over 30 years. He writes for the Any Award-winning tabletop RPG blog, Gnome Stew, and has contributed to Eureka, 501 Dramatic Plots to Inspire Game Masters, and Masks, 1,000 Memorable NPCs for Any Role-Playing Game. In 2012, he released his first solo book, Never Unprepared, The Complete Game Master's Guide to Session Prep, followed up by releasing Odyssey, the Complete Game Master's Guide to Campaign Management in 2013. We won't forget Unframe, the art of improvisation for Game Masters. He's the founder of Encoded Designs, a game design company focused on creating products for the tabletop role-playing games market. Recently, he was part of the successful Kickstarter for part-time Gods of Fate RPG and is co-host of Misdirected Mark Podcast. Welcome to the show, Phil Vecchione. Hey! <laughs> thanks, thanks for that intro. I'm, I'm, my uh, what you call it? My head is barely going to fit into the into the screen. We aim to please. <laughs> Did he miss anything, Phil? Have you done something even more spectacular that we didn't call out? No, no. I think that's I think that's pretty much all the uh, that's pretty much all the stuff. I mean, to to be clear, for Unframed, I was just a contributor. Indeed. I wrote one. I wrote one of the essays. There are many, many great game designers who wrote essays. Uh, that went into that to that anthology. Cool. Sean, are we ready? Yeah, so Brett is finally on a bonus BS episode. Have you I yeah, don't think you've been on one, Brett? No, I haven't been. Hey, able well, to, hey Brett, so. welcome to my show, Bonus oh, BS. Awesome. This is great. Yeah. You know what? I think if this works out, I could totally co-host with you. This is really cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Still this could go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll it could go totally somewhere go somewhere. We're still, uh, you know. Shit, man. Wait, I know, I know there's there's the, you know, we're, we got to work it out. I trial get it. trial period. Baby steps. So, Phil, we've, we want to talk about Focal Point, the complete Game Master's Guide to Running Extraordinary Sessions. Yeah. So you, Walt, and John from Engine Publishing, the Gnome Stew guys, did this. Um, I read through most of it. I breezed through the bits I couldn't. I cram, cram, cram trying to get ready for this thing. And I'm going through and this is really, really good. One of the things that Sean and I were talking about on our last episode of uh, our regular BS um, – about how sometimes I'll, I'll read something of an advice perspective and I don't get the tactic, the tactical, how the hell do you do the thing? Let's say, hey, do this vague, cool concept, but I don't always see the how the hell do I actually implement it. And I'm reading this, <clears throat> excuse me, and all I'm seeing is here's a really cool thing. Oh, and here's how you do it. And here's physically or tactically how you go about doing it. So before I dive too deep into it and just fanboy all, all over you for this thing, um, this is a trilogy. Is this? It was kind of the the accidental trilogy. Is that what you guys are calling it? Yeah, it's it's the accidental trilogy. So it it started with never unprepared because there was um we were we had a gap in the engine schedule for books that we were going to do because we had just done we had just done Eureka then Masks and we were kicking around like another large scale book. <clears throat> Sorry, and uh, it we just couldn't come up with an idea that we were really comfortable with. So we had kind of a gap, and I pitched Never Unprepared to Martin Ralia, who's the owner of, of Engine. And he was like, yeah, write it up. Let's, uh, you know, let's do it. So I, I wrote the book thinking that this was just going to be like the filler, and then, you know, we'll just, we'll, you know, we'll be done with this, and we'll, we'll do another large-scale book. 
And uh, the book did really well. But a lot of the comments I got from people who read it, they said, you know, oh, I really enjoyed the book. But, you know, I also thought it was going to talk about, you know, what to do with a campaign. I was like, oh, no, no, you know, Never Unprepared is very, very specific about it's about how to prep a session that you're going to take to the table, not how to manage a campaign. And as I, you know, as I got more and more of those comments, I started thinking, well, you know, there's some meat there's left a, on the bone. We there's, should, an idea, there's an idea there. Yeah, there's there's an idea. I mean, Never Unprepared is, is really like my um, application of life hacking for how to do prep better. I mean, if you if the there's a story at the back of Never Unprepared which talks about my uh, wife, my who was my fiance at the time, telling me that you know I'll, I won't I won't have all the time to game like I you know then you know later on when we have kids and you know I have a, a better career and things like that and you know I panicked and almost argued with her at that moment. You know, like hell no, woman, I'm gonna of course I'm gonna keep gaming, but I realized that that was you know a terrible idea. So I, I stayed quiet and I started thinking to myself, I need to find a way around this. I'm married as well. And so is Sean. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. There's so certain like, fights you just don't fight. You go, oh, yes, dear. All right. I, yeah. I, I, how do I get around this one? So, so I figured I had to get a lot smarter about it. So that's what I did. So that that's what never, never unprepared is basically like me saying, all right, I got to get smart about prep. Otherwise maybe she's right. So, um, good. The good part of it is that I'm still gaming. So that part worked. And then, um, with uh, with Odyssey, I was looking at it and I was actually looking at my project management background thinking, you know, starting a campaign isn't radically different than starting a project. You know, you need to have group consensus. Everybody's got to be on board. They need to know what their roles are. And you got to manage this thing from uh, from your, you know, from starting it up all the way to ending it. And so that seemed a little too dry and technical. So I paired up with with Walt Chanowski. Uh, who's great at um, kind of doing more of an off-the-cuff style of GMing. And so we kind of blended those two together, and that's what Odyssey's about. Odyssey's basically like my project management. It's the Pimbach of campaign management for Except your project. I, I've, I've, yet to, I've yet to read that, so I'm just hoping that I, you, I, really, I haven't it's read not Pimbach boring, please God, tell me that. <laughs> I attempted to read the Pimbach twice and nearly died in both attempts. So Yeah, it's, um, it's not fun. It's brutal. Anyway, it's not, it's far more exciting than the Pimbach. But anyway, that's project management for a campaign. And then while we were writing Odyssey, Walt and I were talking, we're like, you know, there's still more stuff we're not talking about. We're not talking about the stuff that happens at the table. And we kept using that phrase over and over at the table, at the table. And then we were like, oh, because there's one more book that we need to write. And so we, we roped in, uh, we roped in John Arcadian over dinner at Gen Con. And uh, we wanted we wanted him on board because I, I guess I'll talk a little bit about how the book's broken down. But there's basically three sections to the book, and it's about the three basics, the three things that all GMs do. GMs are entertainers, they are storytellers, and they are facilitators. And so that's how we broke up the work. And so John Arcadian takes on the entertainer aspect. And talks about all the skills and things you do to be entertaining at the table from, you know, having cool things on the table to the right music to how you uh, speak when you're talking to people and, you know, making sure that you're clear as you're describing things. Walt talks about the story, how to uh, get the story ready, which is kind of almost like the beginning of that section 
uh, kind of bleeds in a little from Never Unprepared and Odyssey. But then Walt talks about, you know, what you're doing when you're actually at the table and you're, you know, having to steer the story as the players are making changes. And then finally, my section is the facilitator part. And it's really looking at like the group dynamics of, you know, how do you get an effective group at the table who can play? And I mean, I don't need to tell you about effective groups, but <laughs> yeah, right. tell me about it. Jesus, hear it every damn week. I know. I just won't shut up about that shit. I feel I'll like I what, wrote though, it without interviewing them first about <laughs> effective groups. I'll tell you, though, the, the couple things you said, that the whole concept of at the table, again, to my earlier kind of kicking this off, is that not having that, okay, how do I do this thing? You know, I'm at the table because as you guys say in the book, you know, the table's where it happens, right? That's all that prep work, everything you've talked about in the other books. Okay, you know how to manage the campaign. You you built it. You've got the consensus of the group. We're going to do this thing. We're going to tell this story about how we went and did X. This is great. We're in for it. Go. And if you don't know how to go and you don't know how to actually take those steps to walk along the path, right? If I don't know how to entertain, I don't know how to story tell, and you, you know, I can't do the facilitator components of it, it's going to fall flat exactly. you know, or, or in certain spots. I don't think I incorporate any of those. I'm in a lot of, I'm in a lot of trouble, <laughs> Phil. Take me on as a project child, Phil. I think I, 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 Phil I, I, know, I, I said time. The, he's married and he has kids. He doesn't have time for you. I think I'm a rock. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I say in the book that everybody probably does one of those things, you know, the best one you do pretty well. And then the other one is like your weak spot, like the one that you're not um, that you're not great at. Like I'm probably um, meager at entertaining because I don't do a lot of stuff at the table. Like I don't have like really cool maps or I mean, I just have, you know, kind of a poorly drawn map on the table and, I, you know, I cover it up with some speech and stuff like that, but I don't have props and I don't have a lot of music or lighting or anything like that. Um, but storyteller and, you know, facilitator are kind of my better, my better points. So when you look at the piece that the least comfortable, then it sounds like the entertainer is the least comfortable spot for you. Yeah. Part of it's least comfortable and part of it's cause I'm lazy. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, putting all those maps together and, you know, putting out tiles and all that stuff. Like that's a lot of prep work. And I'm just, I'm, I just I'm not wrote never unprepared. What are you making? What am I doing? I think there's yeah, a book in Phil's future. Yeah. <laughs> Over, John, that's, overprepared. That's John's part. John and John actually talks about, John talks about the ways to, to put together uh, things at the table and, and to actually do it pretty efficiently. So I actually, have, you know, I've actually read the book twice and uh, I want to probably go back and now mine John's sections for more info. He is great about it. And and he actually can he brings like a bag of tricks to the table and then improvs most of his games. Because he so knows he's, what he's got in the bag, he can just reach in. I need a thing. I'm rolling this direction, it's five goblins. I'm rolling over here, it's a yeah. scroll. I'm rolling over here, it's this map. Yeah, like he's got a disassembled Jenga tower in that bag, and he uses those for walls. Nice. So, you know, all of a sudden he needs walls, you know, on a map, and he just throws out the Jenga pieces and sets it up, and he's like, Well, this is what the room looks like. And you know, you're like, oh, okay, great. And I always think to myself, like, oh, I should do that stuff. Like, what's wrong with me? I'm, I've got, you know, just dry erase marker and you know, <laughs> scribble, and I'm like, this is a room. So what, what you're hitting on, this is perfect because you're segueing into one of my questions here. Is that when, when I saw you get you collaborated on this with two other folks, I'm like, okay, if I'm collaborating with someone like you know Sean on the podcast thing, I'm learning a shit ton about how podcasts are done, what happens, and the fact that I don't really know enough about the technical. Don't components. lie, dude. 
goddamn, I, I try to help him troubleshoot, but I'm a waste. But what are you picking up when you went through and you've read it a couple times? When you look at what John has, or you look at what Walt has down there, are you picking up? You know, you, these guys are spitting diamonds, right? Are you picking up some of those diamonds? You're like, you know what? I'm going to oh, implement yeah. X. Is there a piece of? Is there something that you would say? John said X, and I'm going to do that next. Do you have a? Do you have an example of something he said, or what you you yourself have been inspired from reading their components? I'm wondering if you've got anything yet. For 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 John, definitely. Like I, I need to put together that kind of toolkit of of simple props. Like I just don't have simple props. I either have like really complicated things that took me a while that I wanted to use for set pieces, or I have nothing. And I, I need to really kind of scrounge a couple of, you know, I need to go to like Michaels or something and scrounge the bins for you know interesting pieces I could use and and have that kind of that kind of uh, kit of stuff that isn't really dedicated, but is, you know, I can just pull out and throw it on the table and be like, and that's a building and this is a car and et cetera. And, you know, it, and get the point across. Like I, I desperately need to do that. So the cool thing is that it actually feeds into the un- never unprepared component from my perspective, because I have a kit bag of stuff and each piece of that stuff has multiple uses, right? A Jenga tower can be any number of things depending how I want to implement it. I could I could use the blocks and lay it out as an occult symbol that you see laying on a floor. I could do walls for a dungeon. I could do uh, a tightrope. I could do all sorts of different things with it. And if you know exactly. what you've got there in the uh, multiple uses, so that's cool. I like that. Is yeah, there anything so, from the? Oh, sorry. Keep going. Go. Oh yeah. And then from Walt, Walt just has Walt has so many good stories about controlling the flow of a story and good pacing. And I really like because I don't use a lot of prepared material and Walt in the in the, his section talks about kind of how to uh, go through prepared material and get it ready to take to the table. And that was like, that was really good for me because most times I'm like, oh, I'm just going to write it myself and I write something and, and do it. And I rarely ever pick up a module, module, because that's how old we are. I rarely pick up a module and say, oh, I'm going to run this module. But I, I should do that from time to time. And And Walt has some really good advice of how to take that apart and make sure that you, it's your, it's now yours and you understand what to do with it. Cool. Okay. So this you've just gone through this. Do you know, and this is you know, asking you to step in their shoes, have those guys come back to you and said, you know what, Phil, you said X, I'm totally doing that next. Have you gotten any of that feedback from them yet? I didn't or- grill them. I should, I'm going to go grill them after this. I'll go and bug them and say like, hey, what great advice did I give you from that book? Uh, hey, how <laughs> awesome was I? Look at this. Look. <laughs> You know, I had a, I had a sales guy tell me once I'm spitting diamonds over here. So that's, been, that's been yeah, a- I'm going to, I'm actually going to borrow that phrase. I like that. I'm spitting diamonds. I want to pick this shit up. Come on. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's funny cause <clears throat> I'll have dinner with them at Gen Con. Um, the, before the Ennies, we always go out to dinner at this, uh, steak place, uh, St. Elmo's. And so we'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to make the reservation shortly and we'll go to St. Elmo's and then, yeah, I'll just, you know, over drinks, I'll hit them up and be like, so what awesome things did you, you know, pick up from me? <laughs> And you, you guys all wear uh, bowling shirts, don't you, Phil? Uh, I do, I do. My group, uh, my group, and it's changed over the years, like the number of people. But there's like fourteen or sixteen of us who have those uh, those blue, uh, those green and black bowling shirts. So, yeah, we always wear them at Gen Con, and it's it's good because after a while, you can find each other. But, you know, like when you see just one of those shirts, you know it's one of your people. The bad side is people think we're like. Yeah, in years past, they thought we were part of Gen Con. Ah. Excuse so, me, sir. Do you know where the bathrooms are? I, I need yeah. to get Excuse this me, thing. I got some generic tickets. 
Yeah, you know, oh, I'll take those generic tickets for you. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. I'll take those off your hand. Just go down there, keep walking until, That's yeah. Right. Do, 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 do. Nice. We are in no way affiliated with Gen God. <laughs> but we did actually help a whole bunch of people find their events. So. Oh, very nice. So one of the pieces that I noticed in the book, which I thought was kind of cool, was the concept of the challenges after the various different chapters, right? Um, you talk about there's a piece around the, a section of facilitating or on the entertainer and so forth. Um and there's these challenges listed with it, right, where you're going through and you're trying to lay out something. And I think it's kind of – I thought it was pretty cool. It felt to me like a, hey, I'm not telling you how to – how to that you got to do this stuff or you're not doing it right. But here's some very tactical examples of what you could do to try to challenge yourself going forward. So do you see those type of challenges as necessary to be the good game master? Is that a growth thing that you've got to keep looking and pushing and stretching? Yeah, so the the challenges. So at the end of each chapter, there's a um, there's a, a set of challenges. There's six of them, and there's a, uh, a, a basically an achievement. You know, just like a video game achievement, you you know unlock a, a particular achievement. And and the reason we did that was because unlike the other books, you're not going to be able to reference this book while you're running your game. You're not going to be able to you know stop the table and be like, hang on a second. Open up the book, check a page. Phil, Shit, I would diamonds back here. What's going on? I would, uh, crap. Right. I would totally do that. I would totally do that. Hold on, hold on a second. Phil told me to tell you that this is how we ought to. Yeah, exactly. So what we wanted to do was for game masters who wanted to kind of exercise these techniques, we wanted to give them the challenges so that they could incorporate them into their games, and then this way they're kind of exercising the things that the book covers in at like right at the table and they don't have to do it with the book. So, you know, like one of them is um, under the attention chapter is that, you know, you should kick in the door with ninjas and, you know, when a player is kind of off guard. So, you know, you just put that in your pocket and wait to see, you know, okay, this game, oh, so-and-so is, you know, not paying attention and they're checking their phone. Bam, the doors, you know, door kicks in and uh, 10 hobgoblins run in with swords. What do you do? Ah, crap. Uh, right. I, uh... <laughs> Yeah. And get their attention again. Cool. So when I read them, one of the cool th- for me, maybe this is just Brett's reading, but I look at it like I'm looking at the uh, challenge achievement manager, the uh, one through six. It starts off with distribute some of your minor tasks to your players, such as initiative tracking. Pretty easy, minor thing. You go sure. to six, code GM a single session. That's a big leap. And I'm looking at the stuff in between it. And it's it's kind of got a nice graduated step, right? So one is easier. You want to cut your teeth in this in this entertainer space. Give that a shot. You want to cut your teeth in this area. Try number one. You got that and keep rolling. So it's not like, well, I like, um, how do I want to say this? It's, it's achievements and it's also level based. <laughs> Damn I, think, right? I, I think, I think they should up. start out getting you food and drink like, Hey player, Hey, give me a beer and then kind of work your way up. Cause I wouldn't let any of my players freaking co GM. Are you out of your, you must be <laughs> out of your damn mind, Vecchione. Yeah, you know what? Um, Sneezak doesn't like the co-GM thing either. He uh, he makes fun of it all the time. He has I've wisdom behind beyond his years. I've done He's, it, and I've had a good time with it. It works if you do it right. Yeah. Hmm. That's completely so, accurate. <laughs> so one of, the other que- one of the questions I had for you, was, another one I should say, is when you're writing this type of thing, my assumption is that at some point you're cruising along and you have this aha moment when – you're struggling through a piece or something in the chapters and sections you're working on that you're like, oh, my God, this is the best way to say this thing. Or I have – oh, I think we just lost Phil. No, you mean you mean aha like like this? 
Like hi guys. Oh, oh are you kidding oh, me? Oh, you crashed. Oh, Who the oh, hell oh, invited oh, this guy? Oh, God damn it, Vecchione! If there, if this is your responsibility, I swear oh, to God. Oh, that's enough of this crap. Come I'm on. Done. There's nothing better than sitting around waiting for 20 minutes. He's been sitting in the same goddamn room as Vecchione. What the hell? He's freaking oh, totally beautiful. bushwhacked us. Oh, that's beautiful. We got to tweak the camera a little, but welcome Chris Sneezak. Jesus Christ. You. Sneezak, you're taking up all our bandwidth, goddammit. There we go. Hey, you shouldn't call me fat, Sean. That's not nice. Oh, I, didn't say, I didn't say that. I didn't say fat. I said he was oh, taking I'll up his I'll hit him for band. you when I see him next time. I didn't say that. <laughs> We couldn't resist. We couldn't. I, we couldn't resist hanging out with you. You know, I had, a, Chris, I had a feeling this was going to happen. Geez. In the back of my head, I'm like, you know what? And Chris knows we're doing this. There's no way Phil's not going to tell him. I want it. Is he going to show? Is he going to show? Phil's Bam. been sitting there all this freaking time, That's all. just like biting his lip, making sure <laughs> that Chris isn't on the air. I was, you know, I was waiting to improv an opening, and you know, the co-GMing thing was because. Chris makes oh. fun of me to no end about the co-GMing thing. Yeah, I was shaking my head as he was talking, as you were talking about how six is the co-GM thing. When I read it, I shook my head too. So Chris must God have been climbing the walls. Oh, I gotta, oh, I gotta chime in on that one. Yeah, because I think you saw the text for that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I had sent you some. I had sent you some of the the early text, and I, yeah. So hi guys. So Chris Nizak from Misdirected Mark has joined the show. In case you didn't gather that from our complete and utter chaos there for a second we we didn't want the we didn't want your um what you call it we didn't want all your listeners to miss out on the full vecchione sneezak experience so is this a an episode of bonus bs or is this an episode of misdirected mark that is the question this is well, like we're going to record tomorrow night so this is yeah. you know this is uh this is bonus bs i figured oh, since it was bonus bs i could show up i mean no big deal right oh well, i exactly. suppose right yeah what the hell right we we set the bar pretty low <laughs> All right, Sneezak, I'm going to throw one at you then since you're here. You've read this whole book, right? I've read most of it now. You read most of it. What is your favorite part? What piece of this book grabbed you? I, it, even if you want to throw Phil under the bus and say, ah, I knew that shit. What part of this did you read and you went, dude, I am taking that and I'm freaking using it in yeah. my game? Yeah, put what the part, What part grabbed put you? Put the screws to that guy, Brett. I'm on it. So, I'm on it. So in, uh, in John Arcadian's section, he talks. It has a section early in the book called CGI and green screen. And it was not what I was expecting when I started reading the chapter. It was about the, the, how to use language and how to write down phrases and pieces of phrases that you have at hand so that you can pull them out to help flavor the setting, which sort of goes along with uh, the apocalypse, apocalypse world idea of spew forth apocalyptica or spew forth whatever, which is what I like to say, whatever game you're playing, spew forth the setting as much and as often as you can. And that just helps with that to me. Cause I like to, uh, I like to do a little acting now and again, I like to get, get voices going on. And sometimes uh, it can be tricky, especially if you're trying to use colloquialisms from specific times, but that's a good trick to help by writing down these phrases and having a card with them on them. But you're cool. not, you're not talking about fail forward though, Chris, that's something different, right? No, I'm talking about something different. Yeah. That, uh, that fail forward is something very different. Gotcha. All right. So now Chris threw me Shit, off. Now what do we freaking do? I don't know. You, you continue the interview and then I'll we do my best. BS I'll do my afterwards. Best. <laughs> I'm up against the wall. We'll commits later. <laughs> All right. So, Phil, we're talking about these books and Game Master Advice. There's tons and tons of it out there. And I want to ask you a little bit about other Game Master Advice books and authors that you've read and so forth. But what I'm interested in now is I look at what you've done here and I and Sean and I were both talking about this over lunch. So I'm like, you know what? Are these guys going to do a player's book? Is there stuff within this Never Unprepared, 
the uh, Odyssey, and again here in Focal Point, is there stuff within here that you believe you could spawn into an actual player's perspective game? Some of that player advice. Is there something in there that you think you should, or is that have you not thought about that yet, or is that something you think you've probably maybe got in the wings? What do you think? I think there's an audience missing, eh, Brett? Mm. Yeah, I, I've uh, what you call it? I've I've written one or two Gnome Stew articles about being a good player and, and like what it takes to be a good player, and I and I firmly agree. Like I think that every GM should also play because I think being on both sides of the screen gives you the, pers- it gives you a necessary perspective. And yeah, there's no, um, there is no manual for like, you know, how to be a good player. I think players get it off easy to be honest. I mean, I GM so much that I always say that, you know, players get off easy, like grab your character sheet, show up to the table, like, hooray, I did my job. Like, you know, I'm going to roll some dice and I'll hit something with a sword, but you know, the GM's done all this other work on the, on the back end. So yeah, I don't know. I think there is actually, um, I think there is actually a, a, a big opening for a book on, you know, how to be an awesome player. Like, what's the things you could do to make your GM's life uh, easier? What can you do to help the table out in terms of having fun? I mean, Mike Merles, you know, I think has a great quote. Is, is a great quote about it's everybody's responsibility for everybody to have fun at the table. And uh, I think a lot of times people. Especially in the past, I think people, you know, just push that onto the GM. Like, you know, come GM, entertain me, you know, chop, chop, make some, you know, make some story here. But, you know, the best games are when all the players are clicking at the table and are kind of in sync with the GM and all that stuff's happening as a back and forth. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that's actually a pretty good idea. It hadn't, it wasn't on my list yet, but, you know, now that we're talking about it, I'm going to jot some notes down. Sweet, uh, well, it's, you know we I, think I look, of we think of a few things over here. You know, yeah, real we get, slouches. I mean, yeah, we were ranked a couple, you know, notches below misdirected mark, but eh, we come around every once in a while. So my my thought is that with with the stuff around being the never unprepared, and especially what I'm seeing here when you're talking about you know dishing dishing a task per se off to a player, say, hey, you know, Chris, I want you to take notes this session, or Phil, you're going to be the guy to. Uh, design this mini set for me because you're really good at that. You know, however that works. I think one of the components that people I've talked to outside of here uh, at, at uh, Game Hole last year, I was talking to a couple people and some of the gamers I've met throughout the years, like, well, I'm just uncomfortable doing that as the game master saying, I don't want to give, I don't want to ask somebody to do this job because they always see it as my job, to your point, or they're just really uncomfortable that they're going to jack it up in some way and everyone will be mad at them or something. So I think something along those lines where there's some really really kick-ass players out there i mean i like you know i brag my crew up all the time but i mean when you've got really good players that are willing to do stuff it's um it's easy but to coax people into it excuse me and then as a player be able to say how do i ask the game master hey phil i'd really like to do this i could lend a hand you want me to keep track of initiative for you do you want me to do this thing yeah i don't, I don't mind i'm you know I, I, I'm a mage. I'm always playing a back a back back seat in these big fights. I'll be more than happy to do this, you know, silly little task for you, quote unquote. And I think that uh, that type of advice for players would be pretty handy. So, yeah, I think I mean I think the the shorthand before you know I put any words on paper is you know just ask your GM like your GM's juggling like twenty things. If you offer to you know run the initiative tracker for them, they'll probably take you up on it. Please God, take this. Thank you. Give me yeah. a damn beer. Give me a drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ, player, what are you doing sitting there? This is why I don't play with Sean that often. Oh, you player are. Tr- <laughs> Brett is a player in my game, mind you. I, and I, I yeah, they heard that. Yeah, yeah I, I could. I, he, you know, I think a player advice manual would come in handy. 
And the I state of Wisconsin guys- has, has uh, dictated that a number of us have to do um, charity work in Sean's space. <laughs> it's just easier. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you can't really, Sean, you can't make him go get you a beer or anything because you guys don't play in the same space. You guys are, are playing remotely. So it doesn't, it's not as quite as effective. Oh, that's he true. still tries. Jesus Christ, it's like still, an hour drive one way. That <laughs> slips my mind. I'm like, hey, man, where's my beer? Oh, you gotta shit. Pa- yeah. You got to pass those over like on your rides. Like he's got to, exactly. you got to bring them beer for the rides. All right, so to that point, now we don't have a player's uh, player's guide in front of us here. However, if I take a look at Focal Point and I'm talking about I'm bragging up with my buddies and somebody says, well, I don't game master. Is there anything I can glean from this? Do you have a piece of this, either from the entertainer perspective, storyteller, or facilitator, that you think as a player they would get the most bang for their buck? If they were to read it, uh, do you think from a, just a raw player perspective, and again, much like you, I game master most of my time, so I look at everything through that lens. Do you believe that there's anything from a player's lens? And, and Chris, I'll ask you this, you know, your thought on that as well. Is there something, if you read through that, you go, hey, you know what? If I was a player, I would get value out of this. Yeah, I think there's actually a couple of them. I mean, I think, first of all, the facilitator chapter, not not to play up my own section of it, but that that's all about group dynamics. So everything that's in that chapter is applicable to the players as well as the GM. And in fact, in, in most cases, it just refers to the group. So... All of that, all of that stuff about you know the attention, the collaboration, productivity, um, all of those things like that. That's I think universally applies to the group. And then I think the next probably best chunk is if with an understanding of a lot of the stuff that Walt talks about in the story section, players would have a good feel for when to kind of engage the story or kind of take it in a you know in, in an interesting direction versus. Just trying to, you know, jam themselves in and kind of causing chaos in the wrong places because, you know, there's that story timing. And if a character jumps in at the right moment and makes a suggestion, you know, you can have a profound change on the way the story's unfolding. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think any player who has a good grasp of how stories work and things like that. Uh, get develop that instinct of, you know, when to make the right when to make the right move, like when to when to hang back when to engage the story hard, that kind of thing. To, uh, to Well, this is going to sound weird because we're sitting in the same room and you know that we're like the same people. But yeah, what he said is pretty much right. Uh, the, the, the only step further that I can go with that is uh, with Walt's stuff. If you were a player, I feel like there's sometimes a mystique built up around the idea of being the game master. Like it's like this unknowable, dense thing to get into, especially if all you do is play. You're not a you're not a game master ever. Uh, it'll give you some insight to how that that whole situation works. And by having that insight, understanding how it works, then you can more easily make those moments happen in games, like Phil is talking about, where where to insert yourself and sort of how the game master might be thinking. Yeah. That's a good point. I think one of the things that when I've talked to like my two sons are, as I've said before on the on the uh, gaming BS podcast, they're getting into gaming and they really like they want to try their hand at game mastering. And one of Connor's concerns, he's sixteen, was like, "Well, what if the story doesn't work?" You know, and what he's so I, I dig into that a little bit further. What he's trying to figure out is how do I pace this thing? You know. So like, hey, you know, you can read this book. This will help you out. You'll help start to understand it. But I think you guys are absolutely dead on where from a player's perspective, if you don't understand story, you don't want to grab hold of something perhaps a little more dense like uh, some of my English lit books from back in college about how something functions. Um, What we have here in uh, Focal Point is a much more user-friendly approach to saying, hey, this is elements that make up a good story. You all want to be part of a good story. Here's a really good idea. Wait for these points. Interject yourself uh, at the right 
at the right pieces. You know, you, that also gives you a um, a standard um, language that you can use back and forth between the game master and you as you build your character and as you start to interact with the story. You're using the similar terms. You're understanding how the pacing flows, and you're going to get a better back and forth. I think if you have that mutual understanding, kind of like a an argument, right? If we want to discuss politics, it's best for us to define certain things before we go too far. Otherwise, people go off on the rails everywhere. If you help define some of these pieces, you're going to have a standard parlance that you can have, and that's going to help your game a lot, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Most flaws in communication are because people don't understand the words that they're using with each other. Like, how, seriously. How profound. <laughs> I, I am going to leave right now and ponder that shit for about an hour. <laughs> See what, what, you know, my, it's not that complicated, really, because if you think about it, there's so many words that we think we know what they mean, but when we actually look up what they mean, they do not mean the same thing that we thought they meant. Oh, dude, yeah, that's it's, me it's, every it, day, man. I pull shit out of I I talk out of context all the time and don't use the right words. It's the Indigo Montoya. That word you're using, I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> that's that's right. exactly. <laughs> true to life. So as a, as a nasty aside, or not nasty, just as a quasi-funny aside, my wife and I were at, this is a while back, we were uh, arguing uh, rather fervently about something. Oh, hey, man, keep that off the show, dude. <laughs> it, got to, it got to the, well, you know, the problem is, is you're just not listening this and the other thing, and in a quirky, dark sense of humor, I went, yeah, it's about quarter to six. Clearly, I'm not at all on topic. Yeah. Brett so is I, uh, single after next week, by, uh, ladies and I gentlemen. We were, I thought I thought it was going to go somewhere else. I thought there was going to be something to be with, with like hate sex or something. I'm glad well, it didn't go there. No, I appreciate no. that. There's an niche on the hate sex there. Yeah. Right. Ixnay on the sex nay. Take that offline. We'll talk about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so now I really, like I said, obviously I I love the focal point. I've breezed through almost all of it. Phil, I, I, del- I delved into your section because I like the facilitator piece of it. One, project manager, hello. I mean, this is kind of what I do for a living. So that was pretty cool. I like the idea of players getting hold of it, especially the story section. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... Now I want to ask you the other question I, I kind of threw up before is there's other books on game mastering advice. There's Robin's Laws, there's Play Dirty, number of different components. Hell, there's an entire website. I think it's called Gnome Stew. You may have heard um, where they've got all this great game mastering advice. What has what would you point to if I were to tell somebody, or you're going to tell them obviously right now, and say, hey, you know what? If I were you, I'd not only read these um, these books, you know, that I helped write and my crew did, but go look at this other guy's stuff or look at this woman's stuff. Who who have you got out there? I mean, so first of all, I mean, Robin Robin's Laws of Good Game Mastering, that was that was the book that when I was a GM was the eye opener for me. And I and I still think there's a ton of it that's still relevant. So Totally. Um, I absolutely agree. It's one of my favorite books. I think I read that thing like five, six times. Who's yeah. that guy? Who's who's that, who's that guy? So yeah. he's a lawyer? Robin yeah. D. He, Robin totally D he's a rapper after a legal system. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's totally uh, Canadian. He's totally Canadian. Yeah. polite. Then he's a nice gentleman. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so Robin Laws, without a doubt, um, play dirty, play unsafe, which is another good one. Hmm. Um, let's see. I like the, um, that's what I tell my wife. Nice. Yeah. Play dirty and play unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> what Let's the hell? Shit. <laughs> Kaboom, boom. I, uh, I got the rim shot, not here. Anyways, sorry. Uh, Hamlet's hit points. I like a lot. Um, even if you cheat and only read the section of Hamlet's hit points that um, that Robin wrote as if you weren't going to read the rest of the book and like watch all the movies, but watch the three movies that go within Hamlet's hit points is very good. Uh, and then I think the other ones are buried in, in, in games. I think the GMing section of Dungeon World 
and uh, and Apocalypse World because Apo- you know Dungeon World came from Apocalypse World. The GMing sections of those books are fantastic in terms of just good general advice. I mean, they tell you how to run their game, but you can abstract all the advice in those sections to how to just GM good games. And then I would say the same thing with the GMing section of Fate Core. Fate Core's got um, a fantastic section on how to build scenarios by asking questions about the players and things like that. And while it works great for Fate, you could you could do it for any game imaginable. Like it that that setup just works. And those are like some of my um, big ones. Oh, I got to say, Unframed because Unframed has got. Uh, so many good essays. I mean, my essays, my essay is just like a story about learning to improv, but there's a ton of other essays in there by Robin Laws and Ken Haidt and uh, Emily Care Boss and, and a number of others. Uh, Jason Morningstar. There's two in there that kill, and for me at least. Yeah, go ahead. Arcadians about uh, island game design. Island game design. The whole the whole Airy Peaks is based on that. Yep. And uh, Vincent Baker's is is crush crushes it in that that book. It's stupid good. The uh, it's the one that's about well, what you can't, what you couldn't, what you can, and what you can't do. Like I mean, setting that up before. Yeah, Vincent Baker's like my my, um, like my GMing spiritual guru. Like I, if I could just follow him or you know whatever, I actually do because I follow him on Patreon. <laughs> I, uh, I I just I, the stuff he designs kills me. Like it's just it's super sharp and just. I mean, he was the one who came up with the you know all those things in apocalypse world and when you read them you're like oh man like th- we should just do this for every game like well him and him and morningstar they make games that are not what we would consider normal games man like yeah yeah, yeah they're that's yeah it's a completely different approach than the traditional stuff. i mean those, the, these are night witches guys right i mean yeah. these are the guys well, that morningstar mm-hmm. morningstar's yeah, night witch yeah i'm just saying it's that it's that type of crew right people that take a a concept of hey Russian women, World War II biplane pilots dropping railroad ties on Nazis. Hello, we have a game here. And, you know, fuck, they did it and it works. It's great. It's brilliant, you know. Well, that, that game also has the whole, I mean, you can play that, you can play that part of it, which is fun, right? But then you can play the historical part of it too, which is how they were terribly discriminated against because they were women in World War II. Like that yep. part of the game exists in that state yep. too, which makes it pretty brilliant to me. It's a social commentary. One of the things I've found over the years just in my um, in my drive to be a bibliophile collector of, of games that I find out, oh, I like this piece or whatever, and I've, I've determined that a lot of the reasons I like some of these games is because I actually go, I go through them and I'm looking for mechanics to steal and game master advice to rip off because I'm like, there's there's a gem, there's a diamond in here somewhere and I'm going to find it. And some of them you read through, you're like, eh, well, nothing new there, that's okay, at least I know I'm, you know, everything in here I at least agree with, so great, that's fine, but... If you read enough of them, and I think as a good game master and even as a player to know the rules and read through those things, you're going to, if you're paying attention to more than just the, here's how you roll your D20s in this case, or here's how you do a skill check, you're going to find some, some real gems in those things. There's some really good stuff mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. In fact, when I, when I pick up a new game, that's like the second place I go, like I check to see what the, the core mechanic of the game is. And then I flip to the GMing section. And I'm like, all right, let me see how they address GMing. And how much, how well did they arm the future GM of this game to run the game? Which that's why uh, Knights Black Agents has one of the best GMing sections, um, not for general advice, but if you want to run Ken Height's vision of Knights Black Agents, everything you need is in that GMing section. Absolutely. Just, just do everything in that section. And, and I did, and it comes out amazing. Like it's just a blast. I still think that game is one of the most perfect games ever put in a book 
Knights Black Agents. I have no arguments. I love that game. It's a really good game. I've yet to run it. I mean, I'm a gumshoe fan, as you guys have no doubt heard me say. And uh, I got in on that um, Knights Black Agents when it was in pre-order. So I got my name in the little credits in the beginning. Oh, nice. So so that's all neat. We had to wait for a we had to wait for Dracula dossier to get our names. Yeah, and I I ended up I I wasn't in a position to get in on Dracula dossier, but it was just such it's it's such a really good game. And you're right. That's one of those games where all the game master advice in it is geared towards this is how you make this game work the way I, as Ken Height, have designed this game to run. You want to do it that way? Great. Here's how you do it. You want to do it somewhere else? You're kind of on your own, and that's fine. But this is how you're, quote, unquote, supposed to do it. And that's and that's really good stuff. Hey, gaming and BS listeners, I heard Brett's going to uh, run uh, Knight's Black Agents at Gamehole Con in November. Whoa, whoa, hey, wait, thanks, what, Brett. What, hey, what con- that- all right, that's awesome. I'm totally going to be there. <clears throat> Son of a Official bitch. podcast of Gamehole Con. Yeah, indeed. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you should totally um, run that. You should totally yeah, run what that. What the hell, dude? Our, He's damn. run Trail Cthulhu. He knows the damn gumshoe system. It's a piece of cake. Brett, it's Brett, so Brett, good. Brett, 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 I just got shamed in by three podcasts. Like, what the Brett. hell happened here? Oh my god! All right, so um, one more question. I guess Chris, I'm going to throw this one at you. When we we bug fill on this a little bit, and is there a single? book or game master advice or when you look back and say you know what i was in a rut or whatever it is or this particular thing helped redefine me as a game master is there something you read somebody you talked to what kind of threw you in saying you know what i can do this thing and i could do it better because of what i read this one time there there are three moments that that happened to me you only get to pick one no i'm kidding i'll give you i'll give you the first one the one that that really changed the way that i ran games was uh play dirty by john wick and it was the um, – there was a section – there was an article in there about how he talked about his Champions game. And in his Champions game, his goal was never to, to kill a player but to torture them like and make them love it because, you know, that's that's what superhero stories do. So I, I took that particular advice and I ran with it for like two years in a, in a campaign that I ran. And I never – I never purposefully tried to kill anybody or, or created encounters that – or situations where they they were in life or death situations, but always to torture their souls, basically, and uh, they loved it, and it was uh, it, it changed the way that I ran games. John so, sounds special. It, it's a good it's a good article. By the time I had gotten to that, when he first put it up on uh, the Play Dirty, when I had a subscription to Pyramid at the time, when I first got to that article, I was kind of on the downside of my vampire days. And that is pretty much exactly how I ran every vampire game for 15 years. Tortured the living shit out of everybody. No one, I didn't kill anybody outright. It was like either thematically or dramatically important or nobody died. I had people that would come to go, dude, just fucking kill me. I can't take this anymore. Just kill my guy. Just kill this person. I can't take it. Not like, nope, too bad. Not, nope, you're not done yet. You're losing. Get back in there. Come on, kid, suck it up. So, so I guess the Im- impressive part of the story for me is at that point in time is, is when we started playing fourth edition. So I did that playing fourth edition and everybody knows what that rule set is like. So my fourth edition game didn't look like a fourth edition game. No. Holy shit. That's cool. Yeah. I actually had a character commit suicide in that game. Yeah. They figured out a way to get out of the game. Like they- <laughs> Well, they made another character, but uh, you yes. know, it was that was that that happened and it had nothing to do with me. Like I didn't even prompt it. It just sort of happened. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. That, that was way more than I was expecting. And, and not just any player. It was my fiance. Yes. <laughs> I mean, she did she did immolate herself and then, you know, try to kill a bad guy in the process and only sort of wound him like he was one of the big bads. So that happened. But she Crazy. was a little mad. She was a little mad at the other characters because they killed a, a friend of theirs. 
fuck you, sneeze egg. Bang. That's it. I'm done. Can't, can't hurt me anymore. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, book two was uh, Play Unsafe because it taught me a lot more about improv. That whole book is great. Yep. So I became a much more uh, improvisational game master. And the third one was the, uh, the the GMing section of Dungeon World. That that uh, that turned me into the, the the facilitating style game master that I am today. Where I am just I am always sourcing everybody. I'm asking questions and using the answers. I'm it's it's a collaborative experience. It's not just my vision. It's everyone's vision together. Yeah, I wrote an article oh, sorry, go ahead. after Apocalypse World came out. I wrote an article for Gnome Stew. That was all about, hey, you should just read the GMing section of Apocalypse World and just do this. It's a great article. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Before, I was doing bits and pieces of that, and Sean was talking up uh, Dungeon World to me. So I'm like, fine, if you find me a copy, get it. So he gets me a hardcover. I'm like, oh, fuck, cool. I'm sorry, do you have a a hardcover of Dungeon World? Of course I do. You know, you I, pe- I picked up one for Wayne Humphrey. That's how I actually got to know Wayne a We're, little bit better is that he didn't get one for the Kickstarter. And he's like, and I said, FLGS where I am has two copies. He's like, dude, pick me up one. And they were both hard copies, oh, I believe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because the hardcovers <laughs> are out of – the hardcovers were only printed for the Kickstarter. And when I backed it, I didn't realize how much I was going to love Dungeon World up front. So I backed it for the soft cover. Same here. And have never been able to find the hardcover of that game. Like that is like that is that's up there with a, a working version of Dark Tower, and okay. uh, a, and a few other games. I'm gonna yeah, have to just so, carry that with me everywhere I go now, just just because. Yeah, and I get oh. the FLGS, and I get I get it for Humfleet, and I got my paperback from <clears throat> the Kickstarter, and then the hardback from the FLGS, and I'm like, well, shit. I sent it over to Humphrey, so he's just got a- sitting on a shelf in Wisconsin. Of course, why didn't I think? Of- <laughs> why, why didn't I think of that? Now it's in Michigan. I don't know. Yeah. Well, my, mine's still here. But anyway, where I was going was when I got that, I read through it and went, "I now have a tactical way to use the stuff that I've kind of been doing mm-hmm. without actually without kind of knowing what I'm doing." Right, <clears throat> and I think that to bring it back to focal point, the cool part again, and I really can't stress this enough, is that you when you when I read that thing. I'm seeing stuff that's that says, here's some really kick-ass ideas. Oh, by the way, here's how you actually do it. And here's some challenges that you can come through it in that one through six format and work yourself into it. So you don't feel like, oh, my God, I didn't do everything that Walt said in his section. I, I couldn't tackle everything John or Phil said, and that's okay. It's broken into these digestible bite-sized chunks, which from uh, from my perspective, especially had I been a younger game master looking at this, Saying, God, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I have a starting point in that book, and I, to fanboy on you, man, I think it was just, it's really put together well, and that aspect of it, I think, takes it a step above some of the, um, and this is not a gnome stew bash, but some of the usual blogging about here's a cool thing to do. It really takes it into a compact place where you can do all of this really cool shit, and here's how you implement it in a logical kind of working your way up the ladder type of perspective. That's really, well, thanks. Really cool. I mean. I mean, and that was very intentional. I mean, first, I mean, from Gnome Stew, I mean, we, we have a motto internally that is uh, more meat, less meta, which is, you know, we always try to tell ourselves when we write articles that, you know, you can talk about the theory, but you always have to have practical table use in your article. And, you know, I very much I, I discovered when I was writing uh, Never Unprepared that part of part of my writing style is that kind of deconstruction of you know, here's a complex thing. Let me deconstruct it into the simple things. And then let me show you how you can take the simple things and actually do them and do them well. And it'll roll back up into the the big thing. And so 
when I was kind of when I was coordinating both Odyssey and then Focal Point, that was the thing that, you know, I stressed to both Walt and John was that I wanted to have that same kind of approach that that I had in Never Unprepared. I wanted look at what the important things are, deconstruct them, talk about how why they're important and how to and how to do them, and then how, you know, kind of put it back together to make something, you know, bigger and better. Very cool. So I've got one last one for you, Phil, and this is I, I want to ask this of other designers and people who've written written gaming books, and I'm always wondering if your players read your stuff and try to outwit or outmaneuver you. Have they ever gone through read read your advice comment? Oh yeah, you think that's what you're gonna do? <laughs> I got your number, Vecchione, and boom, they come at you just crazy sideways. Do they? Do you think they do it on purpose? Do you see it? Do they tell? Do they? Do they razz you on it? Yeah, you know, you Chris, I mean, sometimes Chris gives me shit for uh, for some of my articles. I give him shit for the articles he writes, and, and that's not because of, <laughs> of, of of trying to outwit him or anything like that. But that, that's more of a of us being writers together at this point thing. Yeah. I mean, there used to be uh, – when I, when I first started running games for Chris, I was like terrified because I would listen – I wasn't on – I wasn't on Misdirected Mark. So I would listen to the podcast and then they – you know, they used to talk – Chris and Mark used to talk about the games they would play. And so I'd be listening like, oh, man, did he like the game? Like, is, is he going about is he just about to dish? Like, did I totally screw that, you know, that game up or that something? That game sucks so bad. Jesus, yeah. I'm going to bail from that fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, I was terrified in the beginning. So, you know, and Chris had a reputation because I had listened to to Misdirected Mark. Like, he had gotten up and walked out of people's games before. Yeah, that's true. So I was like, oh, man, like I started running for him for the first time. I'm like, man, is he going to get up? Like, is like, you know, if he just gets up, like, this is going to suck. Like, this will be the worst, you know, experience ever. But we actually, um, it all just kind of clicked. Like, we just started gaming and we were like, oh, yeah, we actually like to game exactly the same way. Like, this style works. Phil's my favorite game master. Chris awesome. is my favorite game master. Oh, Jesus. Sweet. I know. See, it sounds so it's, Kumbaya. <laughs> no, that's good stuff, though. I mean, I, I mean, as I've said many times, you get a good game group, you get good people that game together. You uh, can push each other in the right directions. You can do all this really cool stuff. Once you have that, you, in my perspective, if you're dedicated to the hobby, you do everything you can to stick with it and keep working with that group because that's you're going to make each other stronger. You're going to go out and game other places and with you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, writing together and so on. It just it's a good it's a good fit. So good stuff. Here, <laughs> hold on one second. Uh oh. When I say, say, you're like kumbaya, when I say that Phil is my favorite game master, (laughs) there are three human beings on the planet that I will regularly play in their (laughs) games, and that's it. (laughs) Like, I'm an asshole. Like, I don't like people, like, as far as game masters. Like, I'm pretty laid back most of the time. When it comes to gaming, I take that shit seriously. (laughs) So I'm like, if you suck, I let you know. Fair fair enough, fair enough. If you get to to Wisconsin, I tell Brett that every freaking week. (laughs) <laughs> I got to get Chris hooked up with my buddy, JR. JR is uh, one of the old men in the group, and he's the only guy who's ever come up to me and said, Brett, if you're running Omni again, I'm not fucking playing. I said, oh, oh, okay, I hate that shit. All right, John. <laughs> I, I told them I'm not playing the hood anymore. Like, if they want to yeah. play the hood, they can play the hood, but I'm not playing it. Yeah. Well, you know, in my first, uh, I think you're called? just a younger version of my friend. So I think, I think somehow you've got some Wisconsin gaming DNA in you just on the east end of the uh, end of the oh. country here. Yeah, it must travel through the water or something. I think it does. <laughs> something yeah, like that. Yeah, Chris, um, I mean, it's tough. Like my first uh, my first night's Black Agents episode, like um, session, I ran it and we finished and Chris was like, yeah, I don't really like that. I heard I that like, on the show. He was like, eh. yeah, yeah. 
I was like, okay. And so, I mean, I just, it just made me try harder. I was like, all right, you know what? I can do, I, I, I got it. I know what to do now. And so, you know, I just had to step up my game and, you know, and then it worked. Like after that, you know, we were, you know, it was clicking, but yeah, he called me out. Like he was just, you know, I mean, it's good because I think that players are sometimes afraid to call out a GM. And if you don't learn like what a bad session looks like to your group, you're going to do it again. And so, you know, I had this, I did this really slow intro opening and uh, it was not to Chris's taste. And he was, you know, (laughs) was not shy about like, well, that kind of sucked. And I was like, so Chris is like Mickey from the Rocky Balboa series. Get up, you son of a bitch. I didn't hear no bell. Hey, with Sneeze and Sneezex defense. I mean, come on, Phil, you're published, man. You better up the freaking game. You got like three books under your belt. What the hell? I can't use that excuse anymore. I am. I am now too. Yeah. He's published as of today as Uh, well. Drive through RPG. Yeah. And I got my, by the way, I did get my, I got my download code today for him. Drive through. So really happy about that. I just, I actually spotted it. I had to ping a lawyer. I'm like, hey, how does a, how does a guy who wrote this book get a download code for this? <laughs> Please, <laughs> may I? It's in Dropbox. It's the draft right. copy. So I've got a self-serving portion of the interview, and then we're going to go into skill check, and we'll hit you guys both with that. So the oh, self-serving right. portion of this is Mr. Phil. Yes. And I guess we'll let Chris in on this too. What topic would you like Sean and I to talk about? Is there anything that you're like, you know what? Those two assholes haven't hit this thing, and I really I really want to hear what they have to think about it, or you just want to watch us twist and turn over something you don't think we have any clue about? I feel like <laughs> I say sex, <laughs> politics, religion. Sex, politics, and religion? You just did the taboo <laughs> episode. In one episode, or? <laughs> you could, you know what? You why don't, why don't you guys, you guys should grab the third rail of all gaming arguments and discuss fudging dice as a GM. Oh, Fudging dice. That's always that, one that comes up, right? Chris, that you, is. Chris, what do you I have think? seen. I have seen more. I have seen more GMing panels descend into anarchy when that question <laughs> gets asked. <laughs> oh uh, man, I, I, I'm I'm okay with that. I would. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I have very strong opinions on fudging dice rolls. Basically, don't do it. <laughs> But that's just me. I'm going to take the argument that I'm going to do it all the time. I'm going to fudge it. Just I'm just going to I'm I'm going to fudge it and just for the hell of it. Like oh, I got I'm every time I roll, it's not going to be the accurate die roll. Why bother using the mechanics? Then? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So pass um, the stick storytelling. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Right? Hey, just so you guys know, I'm I gonna said- I'm gonna tell a story here at the table at the con. So whatever you guys do, I will determine whether it is going my way or not. Just put the railroad sound on your phone. <laughs> just, yeah. Did you guys Did you guys talk about railroading? I can't remember. They all blur a little bit. Yeah, we did. We did a little bit. Yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah, I, 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 I think at one point, I, I think I wrote an article. I don't remember if we talked about on the show about the magic or the the magic railroad, where it doesn't appear to be a railroad. Oh, it what is it? Schrodinger's Schrodinger's uh, Schrodinger's dungeon. Adventure. Yeah. Schrodinger's yeah. scene. Schrodinger's. It doesn't matter what door you open. Yeah. I know what I know. What's <laughs> on the other side of it? It's what I wanted to be on the other side of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as as Ken Hite would say, if the scenery is good, who fucking cares? You're on a railroad, right? It, it when it works, it works. You only notice when you try to turn it. The rail, yeah, dude. I'm gonna run a con game, put it on the grid, and call, call it railroad. Everybody <laughs> on board this freaking train. Well, you know, it's uh, that. Yeah, what I, the you hell? Should, it, it should be on a train. It should be completely railroaded as a plot. Like everything about it should just be like everything about it is about a railroad. I go left, okay, and then this happens. I go right, and then this happens. I really Same go thing. left, and you all die. Whatever oh, okay. we do, we don't want this to happen. Oh shit! Guess what's gonna happen? 
you know you know what topic I want you guys to do? I want you to I want you guys to tell people how like uh come up with a campaign frame or or a game for doing a motorcycle road trip across America. Oh shit, man. Hell yeah. Could, uh, that's a GURPS game, right? It can be anything. I just I want to know how you guys would do that. Because I think that'd be awesome. Because you guys are are you guys are bikers, man. I just said uh, I'd tune into Easy Rider for like a couple weeks straight. <laughs> that's the immersion portion of it. There's other ways to go about it. Okay. Tank, Tank Riot, which is another podcast, it's based out of Wisconsin. Did they do all kinds of topics? And usually it's bios. Um, and they're three guys, and they do a really good job. If you ever check it out, Tank Riot. But they did all motorcycle movies. They did like a motorcycle movie show. Crazy. Yeah. And it was good. Nice. And they went through all like the actors and the different shows and the different movies and what they were based on and what the kind of, I don't know, the, the magnetism behind the biker movie. Cool. What's, what's, that, um, what's that RPG with the motorcycle samurai? Oh, oh. Rocker boy. Rocker Boy, Motorcycle Samurai. What the hell's the third one? Rocker Boy, Samurai Vending Machines. Yes. That's what I want. Samurai. <laughs> yeah. Vending Machines. Samurai Vending <laughs> Machines. I will, I have I'm a statting that thing out. I am statting out the Samurai Dude. the Samurai Rocker Boy Vending Machines. Dude, we I already got the domain, Vecchione. Vecchione, I have a blank check with your name on it. Sir, name your price. I will pay it. Making it rain over here. Give me, here. Boom. Take my money. Done. No more than stats. five American dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Worth I got to put that. I got to. I got to stat that thing out. <laughs> That's going to be like a villain. Find somebody to draw some art for it. That'd be great. <laughs> I, I. I got a couple guys. I could. I could tap. Dude, kickstart the freaking artwork, man! I would chip in for a print of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Samurai motorcycle vending machine. Sam- I love it. This spewing cokes. Everywhere. Samurai rocker boy. Samurai rocker, rocker boy. boy. Samurai. Yeah, yeah. Flaming, flaming guitar. Cokes flying. All right, guys. We gotta bring the sucker back in. Let's do Sean, it, Sean. We hit we hit all our gas with yeah, a skill check. Yeah, skill check. You guys ready for this or what? Hit him, Sean. All right, all we're right. gonna start. We're gonna start with Sneezak first. Chris, GM or player? I'm a GM. GM. Phil, GM or player? GM. Uh, this will be easy then. We'll just ask the same questions all the way down the board. GM screen or no screen? None. No screen. Modules or original content? Mostly mod, uh, mostly original content. Pretty much always original content. Well, these guys, GM's wet dreams. Balanced hey, encounter. Hey, this, pa- this players. is good stuff. It's good all around. Players. Uh, balanced encounter or screw balance? What the fuck is balance? Come on, man. Uh, that would Love be a screw balanced answer then. I Phil? like that guy. I take the middle road. If the game has oh, the mechanics road. for it, I'll do it. But if not, then it's whatever I make up. Phil, oh. Phil used to be a programmer. There's no, I, this is not like either or. It's a, it's a freaking, <laughs> it, it is an either or. It's not an middle of the road. You can't program logic to that shit. I, I go with the operating system for that. <laughs> Ooh, well played. Well played, sir. All right. All right. All right. All right. Chris, favorite RPG? Uh, it's Dungeon World still. And uh, Phil, favorite oh, RPG? Man. Uh, Fate Core. Wow. All right. What are you guys currently playing? Chris? Uh, Cybertech and Dungeons and & Dragons and Fate Core. So Cybertech, for those that uh, are not familiar with it, what system is that? Is being designed for Fate. There yeah. That's our, in-house, that's our in-house cyberpunk game that yeah, we're developing. We're that right Phil, now. what are you currently playing? I am uh, GMing the Cybertech game. 
and writing it. And I am playing in uh, the uh, the strange, the strange. Seriously, yeah. How you like I'm, that? I'm a little jealous. Yeah, it's so far so good. We played like one session. We're you know just getting that campaign off the ground, but uh, it's um, I, I like it. The side the um, cipher system's easy, and um, that that world is kind of funky. I like the the recursions and the shifting between different types of characters. I, I, it's it's cool. I dig it. But let's, can, I, can I talk about Monty Cook Games for a second? Do it. Hit me. Yeah, man. Go right. for it, dude. So I'm the cook, huge, cookie. Huh? cookie. Cookie. Monty Cookie. Yeah. Cookie. Yeah, cookie. Yeah. cookie. Is that what we call him? Monty Cookie? That's what they call him. Oh, okay. when, you, when you know him like we do, which is not yeah. at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is surprising because you guys know every fucking other person on the face of the planet that makes <laughs> has he not Has he not walked through Wisconsin yet? Does he not come to Game hey, Hole? Hey, hey, he lives hey, here. Hey, hold on a second. Short story, Chris. I'll get it to you in a second. Game Hole Con? Alex, yeah. Alex, who runs it, has game hole, and it's above a restaurant. And the table that's in his game room was Monty Cooks. No shit, Monty left. He left. He was here in Wisconsin with yep. Sue, right? And then you know they fell out. He went out back out to the coast. Yep. He didn't want to take the table with him, so he surrendered it to Noble Knight, and and Alex Cammer from Game Hole picked it up. So ah. I played a Monty Cooks gaming table. Ha ha. Yes, I have two. Yay! So and Brett. oh, by the way, Frank Menster was the was the dungeon master. Yeah, well, we're not bragging. We're not bragging. Yeah. Brett, okay. come on, <laughs> that's good. You should brag about that. That totally is brag. that is brag worthy. <laughs> all right, uh, sorry. Go all right, Chris. Go. Money Cook Games. So, Money so Cook I'm Games. Not, I, I like the cipher system. I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, I think that those guys don't write always the best uh, mechanics in the world, and I don't think that the the game master advice that they put in their books is always in the best in the world, but holy shit can they write worlds. Like, the setting material for the ninth world in The Strange is some of the best stuff I've seen since Planescape. Just knock it out of the park good. Yeah. Everybody I know who loves that has fallen in love with the, with the setting and said, I kind of don't care if it's tiddlywinks and checkers, I'll fucking play in this, whatever it is, I love the setting. Well, I think the good part for both of those games is the setting's so rich and the mechanics don't get in the way. Like, they're not super robust or, you know, super intense mechanics, but there's enough mechanics to get the job done and not so much that you're tripping over them. Like, you, you just, you're going to play the game and what you're going to remember is the cool world. Yeah, you know, I hate the idea of uh, of mechanics that just sort of get out of the way so you can play the game. Like, it's not it's not how I feel yeah. about games, but that those two those two games, and to me, they are actually games and not toolkits, are uh, are perfect. For, they they do that really well. I mean, it's it's the best implementation of that idea that I've seen anyway. Very yeah, cool. I mean, I I I mean, I love Numenera. Chris ran Numenera for a little while, and I totally love that game. It, it actually hits for me better than straight up fantasy. Like I like hmm. I like that science fantasy a little better. Me too. So, did you guys get the uh, what is the system? Cipher. No, the cipher system. The cipher. No, we didn't, no, I didn't get it. No, because I may pick it up at Gen Con. Hmm. I should cool. learn it. Oh, All right. I don't, I don't well, Phil, where if somebody wants to find you outside of here yes. and they want to check out what you've been doing, what's the uh, best way to find you? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of places. So first, let me let me shamelessly pimp uh, where to find the book. Pimp away, uh, dude. So go. So focal point is uh, you can pre-order it. Actually, starting uh, today, you can pre-order it at enginepublishing.com. Um, pre-orders go for about a month, uh, and then it'll go out on to um, drive through. When you pre-order it, you get the PDF right away, so nice. you don't have to wait for the print book. But um, you can do that. So that's Engine Publishing, and then after it goes um, 
out of pre-order. It'll go to drive through. And then eventually the book will months later trickle into, um, into your, uh, friendly local gaming store. So you'll find it that way. Um, if you're looking for me, uh, of course you can find me on the misdirected Mark podcast on, uh, Tuesday nights, eight 45 Eastern. We're broadcasting live, or you can just, uh, subscribe to the feed and catch the recording afterwards. Uh, I write, um, a few times a month on gnome stew and, uh, we have, uh, the encoded designs webpage where, uh, at some point we have content. I think we, we all stalled out getting uh, part-time gods of fate out the door, but, um, I suspect by after Gen Con content will start regularly appearing on the, on the site in, uh, in due time. Sweet. Chris, if someone wants to find you, they could just go to misdirectedmark.com and that's perfect. Where I do most of my stuff. Oh yeah. And, and we're on the Twitters and on we're Twitter, on G plus and our burgeoning G plus community, which is 122 members strong. Yeah. In fact, actually G plus is the preferred place to find me. Like people find me on Facebook, but I do a lot of family stuff on Facebook. So I, I tend not to um, friend a lot of, of gamer folk, mm-hmm. but boy, if you find me on uh, G plus, I will, uh, I'll circle you right away. I also, uh, I also write for role playing tips. So, uh, I'm on there once a month with a, with like a 3000, 2,500 to 3000 word article. So if you're not subscribed to that, Jets, John four, he's been doing it for freaking forever. Yeah. He's thing, the guy doing it longer than I have. That yeah. thing's been around forever. I used to get the freaking email listserv yep. from those guys. It's a crazy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and we, we have a couple other things coming around. Uh, let's see. The uh, Fate Codex, which is um, coming out in print, has an, uh, an article we wrote from last year. Mm-hmm. And um, the Dracula, the, dossier, the Dracula right? dossier, when that comes out in print, we wrote the American Vampire Program. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was fun. Yeah, it was. And, yeah. uh, and of course, stuff. Part-Time Gods of Fate. Of course. Sean, yeah. you got anything else for the boys? Yeah. No, no. I, don't, I mean, God, what the hell else am I going to say with these two guys? <laughs> when, are you, when are you going to come over and uh, hang out with us on Mr. Actor Mark? Shit, maybe I think we're going to have to make that What are you doing happen. tomorrow, dude? <laughs> For, we'll, we'll be doing a live show if you, if you want to, if you want to jump on in. Yeah. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't, te- I teach Taekwondo every Tuesday and Thursday, so it is rough yeah. for me to schedule that, but I'll, I got to figure something I out. I game every other Tuesday with, and I game every other Friday. So when you guys hold it, I'm like, it's you know if I'm gaming I'm gaming if if it's an off night as I'll well try, you should I'll you try should to get on game. there always yeah. be gaming yeah I'll try to get on there but otherwise I'm hey kinda, my uh, what you call it just to brag my daughter just got her uh, yellow stripe so her second belt in Taekwondo tonight so congrats man that's Very good stuff nice. yeah my son my son's my son's uh, what you call it my son's a black belt but my daughter uh, she's now she's now just starting so we're now hustling kids to and from. Uh, class now, you know, shuttling one to my wife takes one to class. I shuttled one back and forth uh, during the week. So, oh, cool. uh, real quick, man, Sean, those uh, those episodes on how you guys put your show together, they're great. So oh, they're fantastic. Oh, thanks, thanks, I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, I uh, I, I listened to the first one like four times because I'm trying to figure out how to set up a storefront so I can sell a Mr. Rick and Mark's swag, but I'm having a hard time with it. Oh, shit, <laughs> I didn't even touch that. You, I use Spreadshirt, and they've got a they've got a WordPress plugin. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, that's the one I would. I listened for that. I think you mentioned that. I, I've been looking at it for like three days now, or I've looked at it three separate occasions. Like, how do I do this? I'm working on it. I went on vacation. My podcast feed's all jammed up. <laughs> I couldn't listen to enough podcasts. That uh, while you know, I couldn't listen to podcasts while I was driving. My wife was, you know, my wife was talking to me. Sounds like Phil's podcast constipated. 
<laughs> he's, he's a little, he's he's a little backed shit up, out some podcasts. I'm a little. I started just <laughs> listening to him at work. Now I just I had to catch up. Like I was just listening to him while I was working. It's like, today. damn, Phil, what the hell are you doing around here? It's like, oh, oh man, you let me go all over the place. Podcasts everywhere. <laughs> all right, guys, I think we got to wrap this up. We've been at it for we'll a while. Be, uh, like, we'll I, be on I, here for another hour. Exactly. Yeah, easily. Easily. Now we Phil, gotta, thank you. I'm going to get for your time. I'm going to get Brett to publish something so we can be on misdirected Mark, and then we can crash it. I'll yeah, do, I'll see what I can we'll just do. Just let you crash. You it. don't need to crash. You can just come on. Yeah, like, you guys can just come on the show. And we'll even on. do a special. We'll do, we'll just do. You know, we'll use our. We'll, we have our own version of uh, the bonus episode called the Lounge. We'll just have a Lounge episode so we can record it on an off night. We don't have to worry about the live cast. Mm-hmm. There we go. Fair enough. Well, Phil, thank you much, man. I really appreciate it. And Mr. Sneezak, Chris, thank you, sir. I appreciate you jumping in. That's cool. Well, <laughs> thanks for having us on. Crashing. Yeah, that's fun. That's good. Much stuff. appreciated. Thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, and if you guys want to tune into these two guys, Misdirected Mark is where they're at uh, weekly. They release the show and they they pimp us. We pimp them. It's all good. So hey, cool. thanks. And this is Chris. What is how's Mike? it go? How do you guys exit? Um, I'm uh, Phil. Mike drop. Mike drop. Ooh, we out. We out. <laughs>